0: It's Monday, February 26th, 2018. I'm Jeremiah Zimmerman and this is episode 151 of the 5049 podcast. How you guys doing? You all right? Thank you for joining us for another conversation between myself and another musician about life, music, instruments, creativity, inspiration. We've got a good one today. Today on the show, uh, a dude who can really, really play the sax. James Brandon Lewis. Let's have a listen. Beautiful, beautiful music from James Brandon Lewis. James is originally from Buffalo, New York. This conversation just took place uh, about two weeks ago. And this is another one. One of, those, one of those episodes where I talk to someone for the very first time. Um, you know, I've certainly been aware of James Brandon Lewis's music and his playing for for a couple of years now. Um and, and really, it was a conversation I had, uh, I don't know how many episodes back with the bass player Luke Stewart, uh, the great Luke Stewart from DC who, who, you know, we got to talking and, and James Brandon Lewis, his name came up a couple of times and, you know, he's, he's certainly been on my radar as someone that I wanted to talk to. And in digging a little bit deeper into what he's been up to, it's like, I don't know, man, I like people, I like listening to people who can really, really play, um, and, and this, this is what James Brandon Lewis does. Uh, this is a guy who has really put, I would say, a considerable amount of time and energy into becoming a real craftsman with the sax. Uh, he's just a joy to listen to. And he's a really, really nice guy. Uh, you know, he came over on a day where it was very rainy and very cold. And uh, he brought with him a lot of warmth. Just a very friendly, sweet guy, very curious guy. And I enjoyed this conversation quite a lot. He had just come back from a duo tour with the great drummer Chad Taylor, and um, th- there's a few clips of them online, I think if you go to YouTube, a few clips of them playing duo, and it's fucking smoking, man. It's really, you know, I love the combination of just sax and drums, uh, especially when it's two people who have developed, you know, their own thing. Um, these guys have that. Really Fantastic. James Brandon Lewis is one of the founders and co-leaders of the band Heroes Are Gang Leaders, uh, featuring the poet Thomas Sayers Ellis. Um, you know, I've said it before, I say it again, I love poetry, I love music, and when those two things are combined uh, successfully, it's the best thing ever. He's got his own trio with Luke Stewart and drummer Warren the III. It's called No Filter. Uh, it's kind of an electric, a uh, little more intense thing. He's fucking great. All of his stuff he does is really great. And if you want to find out more about James Brandon Lewis, go to jblewis.com. That's jblewis.com. He's got a lot of stuff coming up, and and I would encourage you to check it out. jblewis.com. If you're enjoying this podcast, and I hope that you are, please rate, review it, and subscribe to it in iTunes. That helps. That helps a lot. It helps bring more visibility to the show. Rate, review, and subscribe to it in iTunes. And if you're really enjoying the show, please consider throwing in a few bucks at the Patreon. That's patreon.com slash 5049podcast. This is a listener-supported show, and that's the place that we do that. Patreon. That's it. Um, I hope you guys are all doing well. Here's my conversation with James Brandon Lewis. Really?
1: Yeah, I have a basement.
0: And it's like yours alone or you share it with neighbors and stuff?
1: I don't know. I got a roommate, but yeah, we don't share it with the neighbors. Yeah. It's just like a house. Really? Yeah.
0: And there's no issues of like people complaining? No, they're
1: all musicians. Oh, really? Or no, they're not all musicians. They're all artists. <laughs> I but
0: think... they have
1: nine to fives. Okay. So when I practice during the day, it's not a problem. No, Actually, no one cares. No one cares? Yeah.
0: I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, to me, it's very relaxing to listen to people practice. Yeah. Especially if, they can yeah. play. Well, yeah, for sure.
1: But if they're working on something that's really, uh, you know, you might not want to listen it's, well, if it's repetitive. You know. Yeah,
0: I mean this it family. Cool. This family just moved down the hall, and uh, really cool. They got a kid who's just starting the violin. <laughs> it's kind of brutal.
1: That is pretty brutal. <laughs> would you rather?
0: I don't know, man. I feel like I would rather. I I would feel. I feel less self-conscious practicing, knowing that the people that are hearing me are not musicians, mm-hmm. than if there were musicians around. I would feel like really self-conscious.
1: That's true. That is true. I think I would be a little bit more self-conscious. But my roommate is not a musician. Yeah. Now I take that back. I think most of these people are artists, like visual artists. Yeah. And not musicians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my neighbors don't care. Right. And don't care. I mean, Sunset Park, at least where I live, it's kind of loud. Anyway
0: It is loud So It's right by the BQE And all that Yeah Is it um Do you spend a lot of time With these visual artists Do you guys talk about stuff
1: Um, I mean my roommate Yeah I talk to him about You know I think he's Pretty talented visual artist Yeah Yeah We don't talk extensively Cause I I'm like Pretty busy Myself mm-hmm. You know I'm kinda like In and out of my place Right I'm never really like There unless I'm practicing and Then when I'm practicing I don't Then you're out Yeah <laughs> It's like you know,
0: yeah. I mean there's like um uh it's really easy to just hang around musicians when you're a musician. That's true. And the more I kinda get interested in things like film and mm-hmm. literature, like mm-hmm. I find it's really good perspective on creating music. Yeah. You know, and the way that the you know director does certain things with a camera, I for instance. I agree completely. Yeah.
1: I agree completely. I think that um what is it? I was. I think I was reading something, Leonard Bernstein was talking about, if you're learning other medium, it strengthens your own. Yeah. So, I agree with that. That's why, I mean, I work with different people. I've been around poetry the last six six years. Yeah. You know, with one of the bands that Luke is in called Heroes of Gang Leaders. Yeah. Um, was it Thomas? Thomas Heros He's the poet. Yeah, he's a poet. Yeah. And so that world of being involved in that it's been really cool
0: i mean have you were you always uh into poetry
1: um yeah as a kid i mean i grew up with an educator my mom was a teacher and she exposed me to different things mm-hmm. and um i was always curious about different people i was i was like kind of just this quirky kid
0: They used to, kids to collect the best kids. quotes
1: yeah they do actually
0: yeah they do you would collect quotes
1: quotes yeah different quotes i love quotes yeah you know? um I I can't remember any of my favorite but ones. But you would but
0: collect them like in a book or in a notebook. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah I was always curious about I just liked how they provoke different thought mm-hmm. in my mind. But um yeah, so I've always been interested in the arts just in general. I mean, I went to performing arts school Yeah. in Buffalo from 5th grade to 12th.
0: So. Was you started right away with the sax?
1: Oh no! Clarinet was my first instrument, <laughs> of
0: course, and you couldn't wait to get away from it.
1: <laughs> no, actually, um, I mean, I wanted to play saxophone initially, sure. but that you know, it's just that system of for whatever reason, you start off on clarinet.
0: And then made, alto, then
1: alto, <laughs> then I played alto. Yeah, and, um, but no, I enjoyed the the, the the clarinet. I was really into a lot of different kinds of music, and I was excited. You know, initially when I was playing clarinet, you know, it was like Mr. Holland's Opus was around when I was uh-huh. a kid. So I just remember that theme, you know, buddy. You, da, you, you taught yourself da, to play da, it? Da, 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 da. Yeah. By ear. Yeah. And so no, I was always fascinated by it. But then eventually yeah, I did get obsessed with saxophone.
0: Yeah, but you would wanted to play sax originally.
1: Yeah, yeah. I wanted to play sax yeah. originally. And um, but clarinet was a beautiful learning instruments is a beautiful, is a beautiful process. You know, but clarinet, and it's funny. I recently got my clarinet back, so I went the same play, one you played as a kid? no, not the same one okay, <laughs> a different one that I had in grad school, yeah, um and man, man it's, it's, a <laughs> bitch. it's it is <laughs> it's really it really is I said to myself, like, how did I play this as a kid? Yeah, I mean, just the amount of pressure and there then there's a different embouchure that I have not used
0: i mean it's just it's not a forgiving instrument,
1: no, it's not like if you don't. If you're not dealing with it constantly, it's it's a problem, and it's just a different armature too. It's a different formation here, mm-hmm. you know, this area here, which I've been completely out of practice for years. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm 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 becoming less anxious touching another instrument, you yeah. know, like yeah, because I'm like pretty determined to play tenor saxophone. Right. So when I got my clarinet back, it was like. I just now feel comfortable like oh, okay, maybe I'll maybe I'll explore it. Yeah. You know, but um but I was just thinking to myself, wow, like how did I play this for so long? And just really it's just interesting. It's a it's a very difficult it's a very difficult instrument.
0: When you pick up when you play the clarinet, yeah. Even now, do you feel do you get that same thing that you get from sax, whereas you start immediately hearing ideas and and ways of expressing yourself
1: no because i'm first thinking about the fact that i haven't played it yeah. <laughs> and, and uh the the sheer work of long tones and scales and getting the technique back up yeah to, uh, because i you know this is the thing i never want to be one of these type of players who like when i was in grad school i was studying flute and um I never want to be one of the like a doubler right, you know, in the sense that the people who play these instruments who play clarinet mm. like yourself or one of my friends who plays flute is the level of study and seriousness that it takes to play the instrument is serious, and then yeah. when you when you tell a person who's doubling, that level of seriousness is not always taken. You know, that because it's not their main instrument. Right. So then they're not even taken seriously by the people who play those right. instruments. I know? mean,
0: you know, it's hard enough to focus on one instrument. Right. And, you know, we can certainly hear people, you know, when they have a thing. You know, I was listening mm-hmm. to some of your stuff today before you came over. And yeah. it's like it's very clear you have a thing, you know. Right. Um, but then there's like very few people, like, you know, because, like, you know, a doubler, you know, they'll let's say right. they'll, they play tenor and they right. also play clarinet. You know, maybe right. they'll put a record out and there'll be one clarinet tune or something. Right. right. And you, we can hear it when you go, this guy's like not really that hip with the clarinet. Right. right. But then you hear someone like Lester Young, right. who I was just talking about right. when you hear him play clarinet, it's like, fuck, man, if he had just right. played clarinet only, <laughs> right. He'd been like the best, cl- you know, right. it's like he is my favorite clarinetist and mm. he's also my favorite sax player. That's
1: awesome. That's beautiful. Um, yeah, I think that, I don't know, I just think it takes a. a particular mindset and you know if i'm gonna play an instrument i i want the respect of the people who play it that's it i mean that's that's where it's at for me you know i don't want to okay yeah you can play the flute but maybe your embouchure is nowhere close your your you know your hand to key uh position is completely off i mean it's the same thing with the clarinets like I don't want to just have an okay tone. I want mm-hmm. like a nice tone, which re- which requires a certain level of dedication. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes people like, you know, the, the James Carters or Eric Dolphy's. Do these people fascinating specimens? You know,
0: yeah, the fact that those guys can be that amazing and proficient on um, right. you know number of instruments. You right. know, like maybe I'm making this up, but I feel like Dolphy was Coltrane's favorite sax player
1: um i'm not i'm not sure but they they work together i mean i know he was very much yeah. in awe yeah of dolphy oh, yeah, and definitely, his playing definitely. and i mean
0: that kind of says it all to
1: me. definitely definitely <laughs> but there's also like you know
0: just being good on a horn or you know any instrument right one it's not it's not good enough right just to be good at something but right. more importantly you don't really develop a thing Without having all this extra knowledge around it, the that's history, true. That's you true. know, why and when people started doing a certain thing, that's true. And, you know, when to use vibrato, when, you know, it's just like a million different right. things. Right. And you don't get that without truly spending like what I think of as being like a period of time in the wilderness.
1: Right. Exactly. By you know? yourself. Yeah. To be able to like map your, to map yourself. You know, yeah. That's uh, a. It's one of my favorite things Wadada Leo Smith told me when I was in grad school he did says, you study with him yeah I worked with him at CalArts I went to oh, CalArts
0: for my oh, MFA Oh, in um yeah what, what is it just outside of LA Valencia Valencia uh,
1: Santa Clarita Santa yeah. Clarita that's <laughs> what it is yeah yeah but um no yeah I went there for for grad school and that was a beautiful experience Um, Wadada Charlie Hayden and Joe Barber.
0: Charlie was, was still around when you were there yeah
1: he was still around which is which is a good thing but uh Yeah, he said, you know, you should go for walks and like, just pay attention to your mind, your mind and, and to be able to map yourself to really figure out different things about yourself musically, you know, how to integrate those things Mm -hmm. into your playing. Um, So yeah, in the wilderness is definitely, definitely important.
0: Did you go there to study with Leo specifically?
1: No, I, I just I went there um, initially. Um, I was a I was in the jazz uh, performance program, and uh, well, it, it's kind of a long short story. Time <laughs> we a, have, <laughs> yeah. But I think uh, initially, okay, I went to Howard University, and that was from two thousand two to oh six
0: What were you studying there
1: i was a music major yeah at howard and um you know a program founded by donald Byrd, who used mm-hmm. to come on the campus a lot and wallace roney and jerry allen these people went there yeah and it was a great it was a great program i mean it was dis very disciplined like very conservatory like
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know jazz band the big band and small group and improv classes as well as just regular music theory, music history, all this kind of uh, basic stuff. Um, but but coming from a particular place in history, you know, Thad Jones, Mel Lewis, Charlie mm-hmm. Parker, Miles Davis, so on and so forth, it wasn't until I went to CalArts um, that I really, my the expansion of all the various um uh, music and composers and musicians you know mm-hmm. callers is a beautiful place you know mm-hmm. that's where i learned about a lot of different people you know with leo smith or Ornette coleman or you know these things
0: i mean you just prior to that you hadn't spent enough time with him or it was just not even on your
1: um no i'd spent i spent two and a half three years out of school But at Howard University, they were not talking about Waddleia Smith. They weren't even talking about Ornette Coleman. That's bizarre. Well, it is and it isn't. It's a conservatory school. It's one that's treating music very similar to a lot of these institutions Mm -hmm. in America. Um, Like uh, jazz started with Charlie Parker or, Mm -hmm. you know, this kind of mindset that... Mm -hmm that permeates you know what's authentic jazz and what isn't and so i mean that was their perspective and no knock against them okay that's sure that's fine but um i mean i was aware i've been listening and you know reading jazz magazines and stuff since i was a little kid so i was aware of a lot of different people i mean odin pope came to my high school oh wow you know but but i wasn't genre like where I'm from n- people aren't necessarily thinking about genres right you know we're just playing music so one day we're you know we're checking out you know some funk music or you know uh, Grover Washington Jr. or sure. Charles Gill or Annie DeFranco yeah, you know yeah, all yeah. These she's th- from Buffalo yeah she's from Buffalo Yeah, you know or Soul Live you know two right. of the main members in that group I mean the list goes on and on of amazing people from Buffalo but Right. You know, I was just, right. cur- just curious, you know, so I got to CalArts and I ended up at the school because um, basically I met this sax player when I was in high school and, um, and you know, we just it was a friendship, whatever. He's a lot older than me at the time and, you know, so many years later he said, oh, he was going to CalArts and this was when I was at Howard and I said, oh, CalArts, well, what is that about? And I was just curious, and you know, I looked on, you know, I did my research on the school. I said, wow, this school seems pretty cool, seems pretty open, and there's a lot of other things that they seem to be doing at the school, collaborations, and you get to be in on in ensembles with a, um, the professors you're studying with. Mm-hmm. So, and then when I find, found out that Charlie Hayden was going to be there, and Wadada, Leo Smith, and Joe LaBarbera, all these amazing people. Alfonso Johnson, who played in Weather Report. Just mm-hmm. all of these different people. I said, wow, this is a cool school, you know. So um, so anyways, when I got to the school, um, you know, my mind was expanded. And Wadada well, wasn't there my first year. Mm. Uh, he was on sabbatical. So in his replacement was uh, uh, Don Moye. Oh, my God. And, uh, for like six weeks and then John Lindbergh for six weeks. So that was pretty cool. Um, but it was amazing. It was an amazing school. I mean, you know, to, to, to be exposed to them, but then also be exposed to Harry Parch and James Tenney and just this amazing library too that they Mm -hmm. have, you know, um, I remember checking out the Joseph Schillinger books. Yeah. You know, they have at the library. So really expansive uh, kind of school and program. They also have an electronic music program. They have a world music program. I so, mean,
0: if you're, if you're a curious mind... Yeah, if you're curious, it's, it's, it's a it's endless a great, possibility. Yeah, it's
1: a great school to go to. But did you...
0: Yeah. I mean, when you start look, talking about people like Wadada Leo Smith and, and Don yeah. Moyer, you yeah. know, it starts opening up this conversation about the AACM, right? which, you know, you can't just... I mean, I guess you could just listen to those records and then not ask any more questions. But when you kind of begin to open that world and that bit of history, whether it's, you know, Mu Hall, you know, George Lewis, all these people who are monsters on their instruments, um, but are also, you know, some of the deepest thinkers around have put forth, you know, work that no questions asked is going to be talked about 100 years from now. Right. This is true. It's a big big bag to open up.
1: Yeah, it's a huge bag to open up. I think... It's also an empowering bag to open up because even before that you had Sun Ra, you know, you just have different people that like, they were okay with being themselves and okay with, you know, I was, I've been thinking about this a lot. It's like, um, who, it's like they were willing to do those things and not ask, they're not asking anybody's permission to do it. No. Which I think is is the more empowering thing of, you know, even from a business standpoint, you know, like renting out their own venues, newsletters, you know, just all of these different progressive things Mm -hmm. of just not waiting on this venue or this people to contact me to play. You know, now I'm just going to, if I want to present some of my work, I'll go and get a venue and rent it out and I'll do the flyers. I'll do the press or if Mm -hmm. I want to do a record, you know, um, so that was also inspiring as well as them each having their own systematic approaches to music, which I think is very uh, inspiring. Um, And me spending time with Wadada, you know, we didn't go extensively into his system because I wasn't in his program. But I did study composition and different things with him. But a lot of the lessons I remembered it being just uh, examinations of different thought processes regarding, you know, intervals, compound intervals, looking at the, you know, just certain little things that, you know, like if I'm an undergrad and then, you know, oh, it's 12 intervals. Well, no, I think you should look at it this way mm-hmm. or um, so a lot of a lot of that kind of thing. Um, but this is I'm probably missing out a lot but this is like eight years ago yeah. at this point but <laughs> yeah I mean Wadada
0: you know I've, I first started listening to his stuff you know 10-15 uh, years ago right Um, and in the last three years he's really like claimed a pretty substantial place in my you know yeah. mental mental yeah awesome you know <laughs> awesome he's one of the guys and that, he's
1: pretty busy too he stays yeah busy. He's, he's
0: just he's like the his playing to me is just beyond exceptional yeah. and just his his approach to everything the there's just so much poetry in it and yeah, that's you know, true. he's someone that i really look to with you know like yeah a, i'm like okay you know i gotta kind of follow this guy's path a little bit because. Right. There's a lot there.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it takes you know, it definitely takes a um a great deal of courage to you know, stand on your own two feet and decide that, you know, okay, I think I have you know, in 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 the you know, I think I have a voice to contribute. Mhm. You know, not you know, waking up and saying, "Oh, I'm going to be an innovator." or I'm going to be this or that, but just, I have a voice. I, yeah. have, I have something I would like to contribute or say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it being okay, you know, it's like...
0: Well, it's also, I mean, when it's, it's a pretty magical moment when you realize that not only is it okay, but that yeah. it's truly contributing something. Right. That it's actually, you know, become part of the conversation.
1: Exactly, exactly. Which is a beautiful place right now, I think, the I think in certain aspects. I mean, there's a lot of ugly stuff going on in the world, but there's a lot of great things happening as far as uh, this music. Uh, Were you gigging when you were out in California? Yeah, I was gigging. Um, Actually, actually I gigged with uh, Alfonso Johnson. That was my first gig after grad school was over with. Um, Well, I was gigging because I had cars, but um, I wasn't... I was doing mostly my own music yeah. or other people that I went to school with but and then I was playing with Alfonso Johnson outside of school which was really a great experience in terms of um playing like original weather report stuff which a lot of stuff is very difficult you know I think
0: Was that important music to you?
1: Um yeah, I think any music that is I mean at that time I felt like it was important. I mean it's important to be close to a source of inter- information for me. Yeah. You know, I'm not yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not I I wasn't in a weather report cover band. I'm playing with, You're with the cat. Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right. Um, you know, which I think uh is important. Uh-huh. And that's one thing that I also learned from Wadada who played with a famous blues musician Little Milton. Right. You know, um I don't think I really I knew that. Yeah. He played with him. Um, And so there's all of these different... uh, It's important for me, and I can't speak for anyone else. I can only speak for my own experience, Um, where I was open enough to want to play uh, that music um, and to be able to dismantle certain notions about, you know freedom what is freedom what you know the possibility of oh why would you play this or that but really i think my whole life has been like very multi multi multi-genre it's Mm. it's it's my own relationship to whatever music i'm playing that dictates my own personal freedom within it Mm -hmm. like if i've you know there was many different i felt like i was still being myself uh in that music and and also, you know, some of the charts that Alfonso Johnson would bring in, I remember one time reading a, a chart that Wayne Shorter, he brought in a copy of one of the original Wayne Shorter charts, mm. and there weren't any chord changes. It was voicings. Right. It looked like an orchestral score. Like, it looked like, a, you know, I'm reading a piano part. Right. It was very impressive because it got me thinking about the way uh information is disseminated, you know especially at the institutional level, you know you go to school and they'll pass you the lead sheet or you know and it's it's like uh so many degrees away from the original intent maybe of the composer. So mm-hmm. you know, get the real version. You're
0: getting a simplified. Yeah, you're getting
1: of... a simplified. You know, like cheat, cheat This is what this is, and right. Uh, you know, um, but you don't get inside. You don't really. It,
0: or it's possible to not really get inside the music that's when you're true. coming at it from that yeah. perspective of, of you know, of just looking at it in very simple. Yeah, just terms. looking
1: at it. I mean, it's. You know, it's like wow. Okay, there's the actual voicings, and then you have to actually do work as a musician. To yeah. figure Out. Well, which voice are you going to play? Right. You know? <laughs> right. You know, which is uh which brought another complication to the it's scenario. A challenge. It's yeah. a challenge. But I think that when you're I think as long as you're I mean, being open to different kinds of music I think that's one of the beautiful things about CalArts is that I was surrounded by all kinds of music. It wasn't just one form, you know, but mm-hmm. um and then i mean you can tell if 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 someone's you know has integrity you know for themselves or are they being real with themselves and what mm-hmm. they're playing mm-hmm. you know uh so as long as you're as long as you're being like the truest version of yourself, then you know cool, do the music you love if, mm-hmm. if whatever you know I'm not the judge i just i play the music i want to play yeah, but you, you said know? something
0: a minute ago that yeah. um which was kind of Finding and creating your own sense of freedom mm-hmm. within music and, and within how you play. Yep. And that's absolutely true. And it's right. it's um I, I think it extends beyond music and you know. Oh, yeah, for sure. I hope we all can find that in whatever we're doing. For sure. But there's there's also the other side of it and you see this happen with musicians. And I got a friend and I, I'm certainly you know, I I've dealt with this and right. from time to time deal with right. this where like you restrict your own sense of freedom because you start getting these ideas that actually have nothing to do with music. Right. Whether, you know, uh, how come I didn't get that gig, or how right. come no one's paying attention to the stuff I'm right. doing, and you just like poison that right. very
1: poison is a good word. sensitive place yeah. where you need to yep <sighs> yeah, I think that you know this is um just operating in the comparative is a problem, yeah, if you're noticing. This person is doing this, this person doing that. Well, it's a variety of things. Some things are in your control. Some things are not in your control. Some things are uh, political, Mm -hmm. um, which I will say that for a large portion of my life, the majority of my life, I would say that I had a very beautiful naivety about music, the way it works, you know. And then when you get involved in, not necessarily politics, but you, you, you get involved in music and you're thinking, you know, okay, this is what this is about. And then, it's, and then it ends up not being that way. Yeah. Or you move to New York and maybe you're not gigging as much as you would like to. Sure. Or you're not getting paid what you like or acclaim, whatever your your thing is. Yeah, you can start becoming jaded or becoming, um, yeah, I mean, it's easy It's easy to do that. But if you, you know, I'm definitely a firm believer in like your your own path and what, like if you're paying attention to your own path, it's like you can't be on the road watching what the other drivers are doing mm-hmm. or you're going to get in an accident. Yeah. You know, you got to, like, focus, make sure, you know, your your lane is, is clear and, you know, you're using your signals, paying attention to the signals or paying attention to. And so I think that, that that's important. Of course, I understand that. I mean, none of us are perfect. You know, we all can fall victim to those mindsets of, like, if you spent nine months working on a grant. And then you don't get it. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) There's probably gonna be some drinking involved, some cursing. You know. (laughs) You'll probably end up being like, Well, why didn't I get that?
0: Or fuck that motherfucker who did get it. Well Or some version of, of these things.
1: Well, I you know, I tend to I tend to not think like that. That's good. Um, but I do I do wonder What's the process of someone like? Oh, wait, oh, like what's the did process? that happen?
0: Did you, did you spend nine months on something and not get it?
1: Oh yeah, definitely, okay. definitely, definitely <laughs> okay. several years ago. Okay, um, and that's
0: well, you mean, learn you you know even the the process of rejection as painful and yeah. as infuriating yeah. as it tends to be, you can learn a lot about yourself. Oh yeah, and how much strength you know yeah. you actually have or need to you know focus on definitely getting
1: definitely I. You know, I, I don't know. I think that, like, yeah, you got to get rid of time wasters. You know, operating a comparative and worrying about who's getting this or who's getting yeah, that, yeah, yeah. you can lose yourself very easily. You know, it's not it's not about that. It's about, you know, um, I recently uh, finished reading uh, Sam Newsom has a book. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, Life as a Musician, Essays on Originality and Jazz. Really great book. And, he's, and in the book, he's talking about how we're now in a age of abundance as opposed to scarcity mindset, which is like back in the 90s, you had like the gatekeepers of, you know, the music industry people. Mm-hmm. And everyone's trying to vie for getting a deal and this and that. And competition was at an all time high. Mm-hmm. Whereas opposed to now it's like well, if you want to put out a record, you can put it out. Yeah. You uh if you wanna gig, you can you can gig if you want to. So a lot of these things it should be less competitive. Mm hmm. But you know, human nature but I don't really I honestly don't spend too much time thinking about what other people are doing. That's,
0: well, you know, I I heard this speaking of quotes. Mm -hmm. I heard one the other day Mm -hmm. that I think I'm going to be, you know, hanging on to for a while. And this was, this guy was talking about golf. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it works pretty good for music too, which is this golfer was saying, well, the more I practice, the luckier I get out there. Right. You know? Right. If you just focus on your goddamn work. Yeah. If you
1: focus on your work. Yeah. You know, you don't really, like, you know, as an adult, me focusing on what other people are doing it's not gonna help me pay my rent right it's not gonna help me be able to go and see the people I love and care about mm-hmm. it's It's not gonna help me improve as a musician mm-hmm. if I'm focused on what everybody else is doing it's not I'm getting away from and this takes work actually you know like this takes a conscious thought every day you have to like think about your mindset. And you have to actually work on it. It's not like, well, I'm not going to do this. No. Anytime you have these moments that are not um, maybe the best mindsets to have, it's going to affect your music. It's going to affect your playing. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be playing at a high level because you're, you're too busy worrying or proving mm-hmm. um, and really, you know, you don't have any, I mean, what would happen if tomorrow, well, this is what I think about, if tomorrow there was no accolades, there was no acclaim, there was no anything, because, you know, at one point there were no grants, there was mm-hmm. no awards, there was no studying jazz. Mm-hmm. And the, a lot of musicians created a lot of amazing work. So it ended up being about the work. There was no awards. There was no carrots. There there's no, no,
0: nothing waiting for you at the end of it.
1: There's nothing. There's z- z- zilch. There's nothing. Yeah. So would you still be doing music? Right. And for me, the, 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 the answer is yes. I would no still be doing it, you know, because it's about, um, really, it's like being a scientist, you know, like the work never stops. It's like, you're just investigating, 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 and you get a look and you get satisfaction in the discovery. Right. As opposed to, uh, the completion of something. I mean, there's something you know?
0: about like, it can be frustrating, at some point But You gotta be more Into questions than answers Right You know the be- The beautiful thing That That's we have true. with music Is like Yes there are Objective things Like objectively right. You know right. Someone with bad amateur Is not so right. great to listen to Right You know you, right. you should work on that Before you know Right But You're never gonna like Put down the pen And go Ah I did it uh, I'm right. done right. I figured right. out All there is to I figured it I figured <laughs> I, it out I guess I'm gonna <laughs> do Something else now You right. know And so it's it's like It is like It's you know if you're a doctor or a scientist like you want solutions you say look man we yeah. gotta find a cure for cancer and the sooner we right. find it you know right. the better we've the done better. our job exactly you know but it's not like that with music With no, music, i don't not. want to find the cure definitely not i kind of want to have these just these little signposts of right. where, oh that was the, the the question that i asked and that was the work that i did and right that's true it's still pretty confusing
1: that's true that is true it's music
0: is a great thing for curious people
1: it is i mean it's uh it's healthy, I mean, I think it's you know it's i you know i i don't I never get bored with music, mm-hmm. and I never get irritated with music, music as what it is,, mm-hmm. all the stuff around music, oh God. <laughs> like what we're talking about, yeah. the comparative the grants the, yeah the, the you know the accolades the claim the the whatever that stuff is annoying Mm -hmm. but not but music as what it is you know is is a beautiful thing as a you know if we treat it like a way of life too right
0: but and that's what i was you know saying a second ago is that like with you know if you're a musician um you have this great opportunity to kind of begin to understand yourself better and and you can really learn the real skills that a person needs to survive in a some somewhat healthy way. Yeah. You know? That's true. You learn acceptance. You learn the value of hard work. You right. learn, you know, how to negotiate and work with people, you know, right. to have results. And again, if you start poisoning it with you start holding, you know, this very special relationship. Right. You start you start you start, you know, weighing it. With you know oh, how much money did I make you know right how many days am I gonna be on? you know it's like that's when you were
1: really doing yourself right. a huge disservice really really I mean that's and I mean rec- it's
0: like lying to your doctor right
1: it's like there's no point right <laughs> you know <laughs> that's true <laughs> that is true um so when did you move to New York I moved to New York in 2012 yeah so it was may 27. yeah and you came
0: here because there was specific people you wanted to work with yes
1: there was um so when i was uh in california i spent four years in california um i met matthew ship in 2011 he's great yeah he is really really at a residency Mm -hmm. in florida
0: oh the atlantic uh, atlantic
1: center for the arts yeah and um prior to that i had some encouragement you know uh but daughter Leo Smith and James Newton mm-hmm. encouraged me, said I should think about moving to new York and as a kid, I never thought about New York or California, but I ended up in both of those places yeah i didn't I didn't think they were the places that I should move for music. I wasn't thinking like that. I knew that they were historical places, but I was just like, well, I want to play I just want to play i't I'm not thinking about that but but then, when I you know encountered James Newton. And with Dolly Smith, you know, they they you know just encouraged me. And then when I met Matthew, you know, um, he encouraged me. And so then I well, okay, cool. Maybe I'll I'll go seek it out. And I wasn't. Uh, and this is a thing for young people that I would say to young people is that uh, you know have a goal. You know, if you move anywhere, I knew who I wanted to play with. Mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't trying to discover my path or discover uh, what I wanted to do or who, you know, I I knew I was focused. I was very focused on what I wanted to play and who I wanted to play with. And, and that's it, you know, because to be unfocused, moving to a big city. Can lead you down a lot of different paths, mm. where you're constantly searching for yourself, and and you know, or you're you know chasing carrots that will never probably come your way. If you already, if you already had in your mind, this is what I would like to do. This is what I would like to accomplish, and be very kind of um, just centered in your understanding of yourself not so much contrived sure you know i'm not saying i'm you know i I thought okay in year one i'm going to do this my brain doesn't work that way but i knew that this is what i would like to do you know and and bam that's that's what that's what happened i mean that's how i've lived my my life in general
0: yeah if you focus i mean the thing you're trying to achieve it it will happen right it very well might not look like what you thought it was going to look like. right um Right. but it will
1: happen no it will happen yeah for sure it's
0: it's kind of you gotta remind yourself of that sometimes when you're feeling frustrated yeah that, definitely you know any, every day every day <laughs> <laughs> every day were you writing music all along
1: uh yeah i i started writing music um after one of my aunts died
0: when 2000
1: and she died in 2009 hmm. i was at i went to banff um you know, this was when Dave Douglas was in charge. And, um, I was writing music prior to that. I wrote music in undergrad, but, uh, for me, like, the combination of losing a family member kind of put everything in my, in perspective of, like, I'm not, I'm not gonna wait to make my own music or play, you know, um. Because this person who I loved and cared about didn't wait, and was she, she
0: a musician too?
1: No, she wasn't a musician. She made her own uh, products, mm-hmm. like uh, natural soaps, and, mm-hmm. and it was interesting because she never talked about herself. You know, she was always interested in what I was doing as a, as a kid, and mm-hmm. then one, once I got older, and then you know, I went to her uh, memorial. Um, and there I remember there was a binder that had all of the places that her work, you know, like Oprah magazine mm. talked about her products and just all these different things. And I said, Wow, like this is a person who never talked about themselves, but they were very focused and they didn't wait on anyone um to give them approval or validation. And they just they just did it. So so you know, I started writing in undergrad but then grad schools really the time when I decided, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to record an album. And, and that's when I recorded my first album. It's moments. And that came back was in 2010. So yeah, I was always curious about writing. I mean, i I composed a little bit when I was a little kid, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't at the time have the confidence to, to know exactly what I was, sure I was doing.
0: But when you sat down, you know, in 2009, 2010, yeah, you're looking at, you know, the blank piece of paper, you know, yeah. figuratively speaking. Yeah. You know what's your what's your starting point?
1: Well, for me, um, I mean, p- prior to that, I had some materials that I was working on when I was living in Colorado. Um, so I lived in Colorado after undergrad, in Denver. Yeah, I lived in Denver and Colorado Springs. My dad lives out there, so I moved out there.
0: Did you have any encounters with Ron Miles while you were there?
1: Yeah. I know Ron Miles. Yeah, he's an angel. He's he's amazing. Yeah, and really, just a, by far one of the most uh, humble, talented musicians that I know. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but yeah, I remember seeing him in a grocery store once. I said, "Whoa, like that's hey, Ron Miles." <laughs> what am I saying? You know, I just, yeah I want to introduce myself, but um, um, and that was an interesting experience because Colorado has a beautiful history of. Uh, of music it really does just ron miles and then you have uh, javon jackson who's from there mm-hmm. um tia fuller mm-hmm. um i would i, I play with her dad one time uh who's an amazing uh bass player
0: mm-hmm. uh, bill frizzell and
1: ben bill frizzell. goldberg are both yeah there. exactly yeah. just all of these uh they all have great ginsburg
0: i I don't know the. i don't know him but like the guys that i know from yeah uh bill ben ron yeah they all have kind of like a quietness to Mm -hmm. them like a stillness that exactly you hear it in conversation with them yeah and you certainly hear it in their playing yeah it's it's like a quiet
1: fire it's great yeah it really is yeah
0: so when he began writing yeah you were in colorado you said
1: yeah yeah i was in colorado and um well, basically, just just melody. I mean, I don't want to take too much too much credit for the melodies that I come up with, because I I definitely feel like they come from, uh, definitely come from uh, the creator, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Because if a melody just pops in my head, and that you know, I I I feel kind of guilty just saying. Yeah, well, I wrote this.
0: But do they just pop in your
1: head? Yeah, sometimes they do. Yeah. You know, and uh, so that's my starting place. But then, you know, there's also devices to get the inspiration going, which I learned in school and grad school and, you know, different exercises or whatever to spark, you know, creativity in writing. Mm -hmm. Maybe Maybe it's like one motive or... Maybe it's like a chord progression. It just depends on whatever the mood is. Maybe it's a bass line or a specific rhythm you're trying to uh, work on. Sometimes writing etudes helps that. Mm-hmm. You know, writing your own etudes to attack problems. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on whatever my my mood is, I guess. But yeah, so I just started. But I think the 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 starting place for one of the moments, uh, all the music on that was was just. Uh, actually a breakup <laughs> it's actually Uh-oh. actually a young uh young woman i was with an undergrad you know decided to end it and it oh. was like
0: <laughs> you you would have chosen otherwise yeah it
1: was a great but no it it, it created some great music mm-hmm. that experience uh having a creative you know just release um musically so yeah mm. yeah so so when you moved
0: here, did you uh, did you already have some people in place that you knew you could play with, or was it really kind of like starting from scratch?
1: Um, well, I knew that like when I first got here, I sat in with the uh, one of William Parker's uh, large ensemble, Little Huey. Or? Uh yeah, I think it was Little Huey. Yeah, it yeah. was because uh, they had just came back from Canada. I forgot where they were playing in Canada. I can't remember. This is two thousand twelve. But um and then from there I met different people and uh and then I don't know if I was starting from scratch, but I had already knew some people, some people that I went to CalArt's with. And then um I can't remember like my first first people I played with, but I just remember just being able to you know, hang out with Matthew Shipp and, mm-hmm. and meet William Parker and uh, Roy Campbell, all these just amazing, Oh, you guys know Roy before. Yeah, yeah. yeah he definitely... Uh, my first time going to uh, the Village Vanguard, Roy Campbell took me there.
0: You guys went... Yeah, yeah. we went together. Who'd yeah. you
1: see? Uh, that night, uh, it was Warren Wolf was there. Okay. Yeah, uh, the vibraphonist. hmm And... Um, and I knew the bass player Eric Wheeler because mm-hmm. we went to um, we went to Howard together, and uh, so yeah, that just you know I met a lot of different people through Arts for Art. Yeah, um, you know, just attending their 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 concerts, and you know they do a lot of different things throughout the year. So that was like my my main network of.
0: Arts for Art.
1: Yeah, the main community there of meeting different musicians. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, they've, you know, it, it's it's a lot of people involved, yeah. you know, William and Patricia. And yeah. I think, um, like, William is one of those people that, that I think we could all kind of learn
1: mm-hmm. from,
0: just in terms of, like, yeah. there's, there's no doubt about what his contributions right. have been, you know, aside from music, but right. to community building, to, mm-hmm. you know, really creating multiple situations where people can can do their work and present it exactly and he's just he's an encyclopedia like I I didn't I've done two interviews with William Mm -hmm. and both times like you get you get him going he remembers every address every name every
1: date every like it's it's a little eerie (laughs) He has a great memory. Yeah. <laughs>
0: He's got a great sense of humor too. Yes he does. I yes, like him he does.
1: I, I've learned uh I've learned a lot well, I've learned a lot from him and a lot of different people, a lot of different situations in New York. I, I I will say for the most part, I think that my New York experience has been healthy, although, you know, very trying at times as far yeah. as uh anything in, in this city, economics or um y- you know I was thinking about this the other day Uh, when we were talking about operating the comparative or people becoming jaded. Well, sometimes you have to like step step outside of yourself and not be so kind of self-centered in your relationship with someone who may be jaded Uh and realize why they are Uh and think about their perspective. And so I think that but you know when you know when you're new and you first arrive to a city and maybe you know there's that initial well, who's this guy and what is he about mm-hmm. and even though you're coming you know from a very uh, a sincere sincere place um, th- it's all about how one enters a room mhm you know you don't want to wear out your welcome <laughs> And you gotta, you gotta just know, you know, first impressions, and um, so I was very aware of that when I first moved to the city. Of you know, um, understanding relationships, understanding the community, the people who've been here before me, uh, my peers, a lot of managing those relationships. Yeah. Where okay, if you know I can only be responsible for my actions in relationships with other people yeah and understanding okay this person's been here a while maybe they haven't gotten the things that they feel like they're old, or mm-hmm. um, I mean that could go either way you know and so in in the in, in where you know how i'm interacting with them um you know it's it's, new york has a kind of there can be like a mindset of like well if you were not in my purview then you're not valid it's only valid in new york Mm -hmm. new york yeah but you (laughs) prior prior to (laughs) prior to the arrival you know what i mean it's kind of like which I completely get. I mean, that's that's not anything that is
0: New York is like sometimes it's sort of like a hall of mirrors. Yeah. You know, and you think it's, you know, <laughs> there's nothing else going on outside right. of those. And mirror nothing mirrors. <laughs> else is
1: going on. It's like, it, well, where did this person come from? Well, life is continuous. It's yeah. it's moving and yeah. and you know, this person was valid before your awareness of them. Yeah. Your 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 now newfound awareness doesn't make this person valid. They were already on their path in yeah. their life and you know, so you know, I, but I understand certain mindsets. You know, and I understand the, the, um, the, the trust factor. The you know in 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 relationship building with elders, with uh-huh. peers, of just like okay, I have to get to know you. You have to get but, to know. me. I
0: mean, on, like, you know? when it when it's healthy, yeah. I am so down with mm-hmm. with that. Which is you know, you do pay your dues, and you right. do like. You know, a lot of my friends. You know, mm-hmm. or you know, I can say we're we're friends now. But when yeah. I first met these people, they were like heroes to me. Right? You know, right. musicians in New York who mm-hmm. like, I, I was like, I came here to play with you. Right? You know, and right. And now we have these real relationships. Right? Man, they tell me these stories of the shit they had to put up with. Right? And it's humbling. And yeah. and I do feel you know, it's like I, man, my friend, I had, he played this gig the other night. Mm-hmm. You know, he had these. I'm gonna try and keep this as vague as possible. Right. <laughs> he had these kids with him on the bandstand who pulled some bullshit right. that they will hopefully learn from wow. and have some sense of regret for a very long time. Wow! Because they really, you know, shit on the sense of respect that they should have brought right. to the fact that this person's been building this thing for so long. Right? You know, and I, I've certainly. Have things in my in my past that I feel regretful about, or yeah. that I wish I had had more um, foresight, you know, to right. have been more quiet or something, you Right know? now, when I meet people, especially if I meet like like a older some musician yeah. who's been around longer than yeah. me, who you know, yeah, man, they should have had a a a, yeah. a better go of it. I feel super, yeah, yeah. respectful and
1: yeah. Know, I mean, that's I mean that's how I was raised yeah you know and and i don't expect anyone to um um i don't want anybody to assume anything about me but i definitely feel like okay if you want to get to know me first and you want to know what i'm about then that's cool that's great if you don't trust me that's cool too because you know it's like with anything you know you gotta you gotta build a relationship you gotta understand people's perspectives understand what happened before um you don't just you don't walk into a room and say "Hey, yeah i'm here what's up you know
0: let the party begin (laughs) yeah and
1: you know it's like what is that about you know this person isn't humbled at all but yeah and then it's also about who you have around you you know that can keep your mindset healthy yeah. I have people around me, specifically my family members, um, who keep me pretty level. You know, they bring you
0: back down to earth when
1: Yeah, I mean, not that I'm you know, I don't I don't think I deserve anything. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't come from music from that perspective of feeling like I deserve something. Mm. I feel like I feel like I've earned, you yeah. know, like through 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 work, you know, through actually trying to get better and trying to establish, you know, for myself what I think is the best uh you know, the best and truest uh parts of my being, you know, for for this whole thing, but I get it though. You know, I definitely get when people, you know, They may have applied for things and not gotten their proper due while they were on the planet. And I completely understand that. And I understand that perspective. And why, you know, no one ever wants to examine the why of that equation. You know, if certain things don't work out for me, I have to first ask, what am I doing? Yeah, but you You also have
0: to ask, did things really not work out? Because... When when you really shake it all out and you look at what Mm. matters, what what really matters, and Mm. what true wealth is, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: You know, I can get dark and bitter all day long. At the end of the day, I have an amazing, loving, supportive wife. Right. I make the music I want to make. Right. I've got a comfortable home. I've got these two great dogs. Like, it doesn't matter how I got these things. Right. You know? I mean, yes, it does matter. I just mean that, like, no one can take that away from me. Right. No one. Right. I mean, a fire could come, and I'd still be cool. You know. Right. Right. So, I, I, I don't know. I, I have to remind myself of that. And you know, I've, it's been very dark this last year for a lot of people I know. Mm-hmm. Uh. And so I find myself having these conversations yeah. with people, yeah. you know, privately. Yeah. Where people are, you know, we're talking about our frustrations, our angers, our sadnesses, and yeah,
1: it's like you really got to.
0: Hey, do you have cancer? Well, no. Right. Does your daughter love you? Yes.
1: Okay. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it really is about the, you know, the simple things, you know, but, yeah, I mean, it's easy to get dark, you know. I think for me, uh, most recently, I, you know, I when I think about what a musician has to do prior to the bandstand.
0: it's where it all takes place.
1: It's like, come on, you know, like. I got to. I I have to play this game, you know. Of okay, a newsletter, or I got to do oh, social media, bullshit. or I got to do this, or I got to do that. Which ultimately, okay, it's fine. I guess that's the way things are right now. Right. But on the other end of it, it's like, uh, you know, like I, when we first initially started speaking about, you know, the all of this music stuff initially it's like and i said i had a beautiful naivety Mm. the that that purity that sense of wow music is um just this amazing thing it's a way of life a way of being you know you can be taught so many life concepts from music or for anything that matter sports Mm -hmm. or whatever and then when you realize that You know, you might have applied for something or you realize the quote unquote business of things. Um, It all seems pretty. um, I don't know. It all seems pretty like. Not pure. Mm hmm. No, it, it it feels like, you know, you, you have to, quote unquote, play the game, you know, or and for me that that's that's not how I've that's not how I've lived my life. You know, I have not lived my life thinking about. Uh, and for those who do, I mean, that's fine. That's that's cool. You know, do your thing, you know, but for me. I'm 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 constantly thinking about that purity, you know, that 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 childlike spirit, you know, mindset of, you know, picking up my instrument, getting some some new reads, mm-hmm. exploring it, exploring this music thing. Like it's it's the joy, aside from like, well, how many gigs am I gonna have? Am I gonna on tour? When is the, the next album gonna come out? Mm-hmm. This it's like. I mean all of that has a purpose because you want you want the music out here, you know, any of us would be lying if we said we didn't want people well, to come think, to our gigs. But also you want to thrive, you know. I yeah. think
0: momentum is really important. Yeah. And you know, you're you're going to have more creative momentum right. if in your life, you know, you're interacting with different people, right. you're playing different gigs, you right. know. It is it's important and you know, I would say that you better really love playing because right. you know, when you, when you think about the amount of bullshit that goes into mm. Let's say you get a gig at the Bim House, right? Right. In Amsterdam. Yeah. The emails, the the rehearsals, the right. rescheduling, the flight, the, right? The, all that shit. All of that. To go play for forty five minutes or something, all you better that. savor every one of those exactly. forty five minutes, exactly, because all exactly. Kinds of and 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 and, and that
1: thing. I mean, I definitely love. I definitely love playing. Uh-huh. You know, without a doubt and playing concerts and traveling and going overseas, it never, that, that never gets old. And I hope it never gets old. Um, because I enjoyed that experience. Um, uh, because from that perspective of being, I remember being a kid and being like, oh man, you know, playing music around the world, that would be cool, you know? And it's cool. It's cool. It is cool. Yeah. It's everything. It's everything I thought it would be. Um, well,
0: speaking of which, you just yes. got back. Uh, from a duo tour with Chad Taylor. Yes. And I, I yes. checked some of that stuff out. There's a video. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's slamming. Yeah, that's, uh, Chad is, uh, shout out to Chad, who's an amazing, gosh, he's worked with so many people. Chad <laughs> is, I mean, he's, he's a killer. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Fred Anderson, you know, Mark Rebo, you know, just the list goes on and but on. But this
0: duo thing sounds really yeah i i don't know to me i just like immediately was in it i was just like fuck i want more
1: oh thank you yeah we got a new uh a new record coming out uh march 9th called radiant imprints mm-hmm. um and uh it's uh released on a uh a belgian label called uh off record which they mainly do digital releases but we have like some physical albums and you know once again from a just a self-starter kind of process of just we went in the studio we recorded some stuff and
0: had you guys been playing as a duo much before that
1: Yeah, we've been Chad and I surprisingly, you know, you kind of lose track of time in this city but we started first working 3 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um and uh it's a beautiful experience. I think it, the the challenge with the duo is um you don't have anything to fall on fall back on it's you have to be creative you have to come up with ideas and this of course there's a long tradition of of duos um and great dual albums mm-hmm. uh you know Jimmy Lyons with Andrew surreal mm-hmm. of course John Coltrane and Rashid Ali mm-hmm. but then you know Charles Lloyd with um, Billy Higgins. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the list goes on There's and on. There's so many. There's so many.
0: And they're all like my favorites. And they're all oh, you're right. And yeah. they're
1: all they're all pretty amazing. And but I think uh, Chaz is someone I, you know, you know, learned about, met, and was just like I think the first time I heard him play was with Cooper Moore. It was either Cooper Moore or Darius Jones. Both. Uh, both, both. Both awesome <laughs> yeah, dudes. Both yeah. um and I was just like, wow, you know, it'd be cool. It'd be cool to play with them. And so, um, so yeah, we just been working, and it was it was a beautiful tour. Yeah, it was, it was really beautiful. Duo. I've never. I
0: mean, I've never done a duo tour. It seems like I'd be really. I, it's, it must be. It's nice to just spend. You know, Yeah, it's, it was great. You don't <laughs> yeah. have to manage too many egos. No, you just,
1: no egos. Yeah, no, no egos. No. Um, uh, it's just. It was just pretty. Pretty simple. Pretty yeah. as is. And uh, I mean, plus, I mean, Chad's been around for a while and he's, you know, played with everyone. So it, it just comes with a certain level of maturity, you mm-hmm. know, when you've played with people who are like secure within themselves and okay, we're going to play and that's it. That's all it is. Yeah. It's not uh kind of a tugging or, you know, a beautiful exchange. Yeah. You know, which I felt with any... I I mean, I definitely enjoy working with my peers, like, you know, Luke Stewart and mm. Trey and Anthony and You know these people. Jamie Branch. All these folks. I enjoy working with them. But I think the thing that I, um, I love learning, definitely love learning from from older people, people who are older than me. Um, it's just a different level. It's just a different, not level. That's the wrong word. But it's a different uh a different feeling to be on stage where you only have to for the most part be accountable f- for the music yeah I mean that's it you know it's like with Chad it's like you know okay this is what we're gonna do and it, it's it's certain level of humility that comes mm-hmm. with that um so yeah it was it was fun it was fun you should you, you should go tour with the duo you yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You do it. laughs> i mean no it's it's, oh no i guess i have
0: but yeah 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 Yeah,
1: i mean it's really it's a different experience and you
0: guys are going to do more playing
1: yeah we're going to do more playing um we have uh march uh 31st yeah march 31st we're going to be up at the uh one of the i can't remember the name of the uh the place but uh James keep news. He has the uh, stuff going on up in Beacon. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna play up there, and then April, I think April seventh, we have a uh, we're playing uh, with uh, Rob Reddy. Is doing something over at the Cell. Okay. Um. So yeah, we have some things coming up. Hopefully more touring. You know? Yeah. But yeah. All right. Can we pause? Well, actually, I think we're good, man. Oh, we're good? Yeah. Okay. I of-
0: so we'll wrap it up, man. <laughs> okay. Thank you for coming over, man.
1: No, thank you for inviting me. Really?
0: Yeah, man. Really? All right. That was James Brandon Lewis. James Brandon Lewis talking on the mics with me uh, just a couple of weeks ago. He's a great guy, and I enjoyed that a lot. He can really play his horn. Um, yeah. If you want to find out more about him, Go to jblewis.com. Check him out. You're going to be hearing a lot from him for many years to come.